Check, 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 check. Check one, two. Check one, there we go. It's two different mics. <laughs> hey, look at somebody say, it's good to see you. Now look back at them and say, it's good to see me too, all right? Hey, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome to Crossroads Church. My name's Sam. I have the great privilege of being the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. And, and usually, uh, I try to tell the greatest story ever told, and that story is a story about Jesus. But this morning, uh, some of those unforeseen circumstances is uh, I almost got snowed in in the western Sierras, and about four to five feet of snow in a 24-hour period. And so we had to make some audibles, and in anticipation of that storm and thinking that we might get snowed in, I called my, my buddy Justin, and I asked Justin, I looked at his calendar that he had sent me, and, and I thought, man, this might work out. We've been talking about this for many years, uh, but I'm so thankful today uh, my buddy Justin Jacobs, uh, pastor of the Bridge Central Coast, is here with us. He's been a friend of mine uh, since I moved to the Valley for score and about eight years ago, and... Uh, <laughs> And he's been a, the ultimate encouragement uh, to me, and I'm so thankful for him and his family, and we are so glad that they are here with us this morning. Will you just give Justin a crossroads welcome as he comes? Well, man, it's an honor to be here, you guys. Um, I talk really fast, so you got to listen good. Amen. We're gonna have some fun today. Um, again, Sam called me. Those of you guys that don't know, um, Sam's been a huge blessing in our lives. We planted I, most of my life. We I've been in um, worship and youth ministry. And so about four years ago, we planted the bridge up in Pomo with about 30 people. Um, and Sam was actually part of our elder board. And so whether you guys know it or not, he's been an incredible encouragement. Your church has been a support and an encouragement to us. Um, we now just hit our second building. We're almost 500 people across the airport in Santa Maria. And God is doing an incredible amount in our lives and in our church. And so, um, but I do want to say this. Um, Sam from day one has been an encouragement to me. He's been a really good friend. I taught him how to surf. Now I don't surf. I play golf. I'm over 40 now. So that's what we got to do. Um, and he surfs all the time and gets barrels for me. But um, I just want to tell you guys, a lot of times when you're in church every single week, you don't realize just how blessed you truly are. And Sam is uh, probably one of the most gifted and trained communicators I've ever met in my life. He's been a blessing to me. Um, every single week, we say something that I know you guys say here. Um, and I actually stole it from him when we were getting ready to plant. And I was like, man, you need to help me out, dude. How do I intro everything, right? I've spoken for conferences. I've spoken for youth camps and stuff like that. But man, how do I intro this? How do I grow out of of the skinny jeans. I can't fit in skinny jeans, right? How do I grow out of that into this next phase of life and, and be able to speak into the hearts of people? And so again, every single week, this is what we say. We open up the Bible because we believe that the Bible is a story all about Jesus Christ, right? More than that, we not only believe that, G that the story is about Jesus, but we believe that Jesus is the greatest person to ever walk the planet. Even more than that, we not only believe he's a great person, but we believe he's God in the flesh. And so if you've ever asked the question, what is God really like? I'm excited to tell you that you don't have to look any further than the person of Jesus. Why is that important? It's important because it means that every time we look into this book, we get to gaze into his face. And because of that, our lives are forever changed. Amen? That's good news today, right? Man, so again, he, he gave that to me. I, I stole that, right? It's amazing. And he's been speaking into our life and God's been moving. But I want to encourage you guys, as much as he's been sharing with me, God is doing so much here. And like his, the vision, when Sam and Sarah first came, the vision was, God, man, use us to make a difference and an impact in this valley. That's why he says, for every, let everything we say and everything we do bring glory to God and good to this valley. I want to encourage you guys today, if you fall asleep halfway through this and you listen to one thing, it's this. You are God's plan A for this valley right now. Amen? 
Come on, it says in Ephesians 3, we're gonna read about it, that God wants to make known the knowledge, the wisdom of who he is through the church. And he appointed the very time and place where you and I should live and have our being. That means there is no plan B, amen? You guys are plan A. So you have a role to play in the story and it's not just to come here on Sunday mornings and get fed, right? If you do that, you're gonna starve throughout the week and you're gonna get pummeled by the world. God is calling you and I to dig deep. He's calling us to lay on our face and lay our lives like we sang this morning. God, build my life upon you so that he can use, he can live in and through you and I so that we can make a difference wherever we're at, amen? That's how our churches change. That's how our campuses change. That's how our workplaces change. When you and I live in the reality that we carry the very presence of God everywhere we go, right? That it's not that we have to go find him somewhere, but we carry the resurrection presence of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. So that when you and I walk into the restaurant, right? When we walk into Leo's, we change the atmosphere, amen? When you walk onto your campus, you change the atmosphere. When you walk in to China Peak, right? Wherever you guys were at snowing, getting snowed in, right? You change the atmosphere. In the midst of the storm, you're able to bring peace because you carry the very living presence of Jesus everywhere you go, amen? Come on, let's break open the word this morning. I'm excited. Um, Again, your coffee, I think, is more caffeinated than ours, so I'm feeling that this morning, amen? Come on. I got to find my notes here, right? We're going to go ahead. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter five, that's where we're going to be this morning. Mark chapter five, we're going to begin in verse 21. If you don't have your Bibles, I'm sure it'll be on the family Bible. But again, like I say every week, I want to encourage you guys, bring your Bibles, amen? Write in your Bibles, underline, circle, write notes, right? Sam, again, inspired me. He has his Bible, he writes notes on the, on the sides just for his kids someday that when he's dead and gone, they're gonna be able to have his Bible and read notes to his kids. And I was like, dang, man, that's really good. I wanna be like Sam. I wanna do that, right? Man, write in your word, circle it. So when the enemy comes to steal his promises away from you, you have those written on your heart, amen? Come on, make it your faith. It's huge. Um, we say it at the bridge all the time. We don't want to be people who live based upon how we feel or what we see, but we want to be people that live based upon what we know is true, right? So in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of everything that's going on in our world today, everything around us is shaking. But the hope that we have in Jesus is that you and I don't have to be shaken, amen? That we can stand upon him. We can stand upon his truth. So we might feel, God, I feel alone. I feel that you've abandoned me. God, I feel that my situation is hopeless. But we know the truth of his word that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We know that all things are possible with Christ who gives us strength. We know that he is already victorious, that he conquered death and defeated the grave. So we can stand in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the shaking and stand unwavering in our faith because we have hope in him, amen? We're not, we don't live our lives based upon what we feel because if you live your life based on how you feel, you're always gonna fall. You're always gonna be shaken. But if we live based upon what we know is true, it's his word then you and I will never be shaken. That's what the world is waiting for, amen? Mark chapter five, beginning in verse 21. We're gonna break this down together. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please Come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Verse 24, so Jesus went with him. Let's pray. God, again, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for this church, for this body, God. Thank you for Pastor Sam, for Sarah, for the leadership here, God. Thank you for what you're doing in and through them, God. In this place, God, in this season and time. God, we say we love you today, God. Open up our hearts to your word. Write your word upon our hearts. God, let us encounter you in such a way that we leave this place different than when we came in. God, I thank you, God. I praise you for all that you are. God, I pray may your words be my words. God, open up your word to us today and let us leave changed. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell him, seek, fall, pray, and believe. Good, turn to your other neighbor, your second choice, right? Come on. And I want you to say, I prayed I'd sit next to you all week long, amen? Come on. If you're single, I just hooked you up, right? Come on. 
So again, the context of where we're at right now is Jesus. He just calmed a storm with all of his disciples. He took him to the other side of the lake. He healed a demon-possessed man that everybody had given up on, right? And then he comes back. He says he crosses back over to the lake, and that's what we're going to pick up today. But before we do that, I want to encourage you. I was talking with somebody even this morning who's going through a hard time in their life, a hard season in their life where it seems like, God, my situation is hopeless. It's a storm that they're fighting through. And I want to encourage you, maybe you came here today and you're fighting a storm or battling a storm in your life that you feel is impossible or hopeless. I just want to encourage you, don't give up, amen? Don't give up. He's still alive. He's still on the throne. It didn't just end on the cross, but he rose from the grave and he's alive and he has a plan and a purpose for you, amen? I think too much of the time in our lives, we end up shortcutting the process in the midst of the storm because we're trying to battle it on our own. If Jesus said you're going to one side of the lake, I promise you, you're gonna get through it, amen? Don't give up. Don't shortcut the process. Continue to trust. Continue to fix your eyes on him. Again, you might not see him. You might not feel him, but I promise he's working behind the scenes. Amen. And we have to trust and continue to move forward. Amen. Don't give up in the midst of all that is that you're going through. You don't know what miracle might be awaiting you on the other side of the storm. Amen. Amen. Come on. Verse 21. We're going to break this down. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. The first thing that I see in this passage when I look at that, that stands out to me, is the words, again crossed over. So how do I apply this to my life, right? As you look throughout scripture, Jesus is always moving. He's never stagnant, amen? And we too, as believers, we need to be constantly moving in our lives, Right? We need to constantly be growing and maturing in our faith. We need to constantly be taking steps of faith so that we're seeing him actually use us and do things in our lives that are greater than what we can do on our own strength. Amen? Um, when we went, we every year I go partly because I like adrenaline and I like doing crazy stuff. But um, we, t- we go up to the Sierras, we go to rock and water, we do whitewater rafting and canyoneering. And so um, I decided a couple years back, man, I'm gonna take one of our, I'm gonna, for team building with our staff, we're not gonna go to a conference or read the Bible more or doing that kind of stuff. We're gonna go whitewater rafting and canyoneering, right? Um, we're gonna conquer fears. They're gonna jump off 40 foot rocks and swim through tunnels and cry. That's, that's what's gonna build team, right? Um, and so, um, and we're going to get to a quiet place where they can actually hear God's voice as we're planning for ministry. And so we went and I remember, um, like, so what lady bug cannon, which is incredible. Um, you're up like four or 5,000 feet. We're, we're sitting on a granite cliff and we're looking over, um, amazing. And it's, it's, it's incredible because you start realizing just how small you are. Wow. The, the dude who created all this knows me by name. And it's a plan and a purpose for me. You know, and we're sitting there, we're having a, a, a devotional 30 minutes, spend 30 minutes with the Lord and ask the Lord to just speak to you and show you what he wants to speak to you about. And so there's a little stream next to us and we're sitting there. And so when we came back to share, um, one of our guys on our team, he just said, hey, man, I want to, I want to share what God spoke to me. Awesome. Share, you know, and he said, man, I was noticing that I was looking at the stream, like the river was a stream. But as I was looking in the stream, he said, I noticed that all the flow was in the middle that that's where it seemed like all the life was happening was in the middle. But on the outskirts of it, it seemed like when the water would get caught in the eddies, that it seemed like all, all that was there was smell and death and decay and things were just dying. And he said, I think like the Lord was challenging me of like, man, God, we need to stay in the middle of your river, in the middle of the flow of your spirit. We need to be led by your spirit in our life. We need to continually be growing and moving God in our walk with you. Because if we don't, we end up getting caught to the outside and all of a sudden we start drifting. It starts being death and decay. We start forgetting who God is and what he's done for us and start living based on our own ability, our own gifting, our own strength. And that brings destruction. And I was like, man, that's so true for us. Like when you and I try to live life in our own strength and our own ability, how many of you know that doesn't always work well, amen? Come on, we talk to people who are addicted or dealing with stuff all the time and it's like, man, they're like, I try harder and I just can't get over it. I try to do more and I can't get over it. And you're like, you're right. Cause you can't be good enough ever. You and I will never be good enough until we see Jesus face to face. 
There was only one who was ever good enough. And his name was Jesus. And that's the first part of acknowledging our need for him. God, I need to stay in the middle. I need to continue to grow. I need to let you continue to feed and pour into my life so that I grow in my walk with you. God, so that I continue to surrender my will and my strength and live in the middle of what you're doing, God, so that you can use me, amen? Because when I try to live in my own strength and I drift off to the side, to the left or to the right, all that is is destruction. And you're carrying a rock in your backpack that you're never gonna be able to carry. You and I will never be good enough until we see Jesus face to face. We have to surrender and trust. God, we need you as a savior, amen? It's huge. Um, I remember in 2 Corinthians three seventeen through 18 says this. Paul says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. How many of you know God created you and I to live in freedom, amen? Not to live bound or captive. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. We need to be continually moving and growing in our faith. Amen. Again, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago and, and well, I want to be clear. What I don't mean is you need to be continually moving from church to church to church. Amen. Come on, how many know church hopping, church shopping, that's our culture, right? Man, I like it better here. I didn't like what that dude said, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. Or man, I'm offended by this person, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. That's not what I'm saying, right? But that's the reality. Let me tell you, like basketball, Sam always used to smoke me in basketball all the time, right? I was never gifted with hops. I could sing, half Filipino, so I can sing and do karaoke, but... I can't play hoops that well, right? Um, and so, uh, but Sam was always telling me, you can never pivot unless you're planted, right? God has you here in this church, in this time and moment for a season, for such a time as this, amen? For a purpose. And unless you're planted, you're never gonna be able to pivot and walk into the purpose that God has for you, right? If you jump from one ship to the next and one ship to the next, you're never gonna feel connected. You're never gonna feel plugged in. We say it at our church all the time. People are like, man, I, don't, I feel disconnected. I'm like, man, well, how, how much are you being connected? Well, I'm waiting for people to call me. I'm like, dude, the phone works both ways, right? Man, get connected, serve, tithe, give, be a part of something bigger than yourself. Let God, let him use you. Let him use you for his glory. And all of a sudden, you'll all of a sudden have community. You'll have people that you're walking with. You'll be fighting a battle together as a family, knowing like, wow, I'm not alone anymore, right? That's God's heart. You guys are here for a reason in this season for a purpose, amen? And you have a role to play in the story. This valley is waiting for you to stand and be the person that God's called you to be. Revival's never gonna happen from this pulpit, ever, or from any pulpit. Revival's gonna happen when the body of Christ rises up and walks in their full potential of what God's called them to, amen? When we shine out there way more than we do in here, we can raise our hands. We can sing song, Christian Kumbaya all day long and hear a message in here. But if we don't shine out there, if we don't love out there, if we don't walk in compassion and generosity out there and proclaim and tell the story of what God's done for us. Hey, I, Christianity isn't about bad people becoming good. It's about dead people becoming alive, right? I was dead in my sin, but God, Christ gave me life. He brought me to life, right? Share that story. We need to remember, remember what it was when we first met him, amen? Remember when we had no hope. Remember when we were broken, when we were lost, and yet he not only saved us, but he adopted us as a son and daughter, amen? That's incredible. When was the last time you told your story to somebody, amen? When was the last time that you served out of a response to who he is and what he's done, amen? Sitting in church in a pew is boring. I promise you. Singing Christian Kubaya on a Sunday morning is boring. Listening to messages is boring, but living out the Christian life and walking in faith and standing in, in truth and hope and seeing God use you, that's incredible. And all of a sudden you start living a life and people start saying, man, what's going on? You're like, dude, the only explanation is him. We're not gonna even go through it in this passage, but again, you remember if you've been around church, you've heard about the woman with the bleeding disease. And it says that she had spent all of her money and all of her time to doctors trying to get well, but it didn't work. And then there's these lines that say, but Jesus. 
And so we stand on that so much at our church and man, I should be dead, but Jesus. What's your story? Maybe you should be divorced, but Jesus. Maybe your kids shouldn't be here, but Jesus, right? God, I should be broken. I should be lost, but Jesus. Remember that place again. God, thank you. You gave me life. Thank you for the air in my lungs. Thank you for what you're doing, God. I want to live in a response to that, amen? God wants us to grow and not stay stagnant in our faith, but he doesn't want us to hop ship, amen? I want to encourage you guys, stay, get planted, get plugged in, get connected. Amen. God has you here for a reason. What is that? Ask him. Amen. That wasn't even in my notes. That's awesome. Come on. That was free, right? (laughs) Come on. Acts 17. Paul tells you that. He says that he's God has appointed the very time and places where we should live and have our being. Amen. Come on. That's good news. This um, Ephesians 3. What I was telling you guys earlier, that God wants to use the church to make known the manifold wisdom of his presence. It says this in Ephesians 3, 7 through 12. Paul says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the external, eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Amen? Come on, God's plan is you. And it's for you to rise up and fulfill the calling that he has for you. Amen? We don't go to church, we are the church. Amen? Come on. That was all just beginning. This is crazy. Sam told me I had like two and a half hours. So we're, we're I'm just kidding. He told me I have like 40 minutes. So we're going to run. Here we go. Verse 21, we're going to break this down. What we do at our church is called SOAP. So scripture, observation, application, and prayer. What stands out to me? How do I apply it to my life? And then we pray it over our life. So again, when you're spending time with the Lord at home, every single day, hopefully not just on Sunday mornings, use that. Read it. Read his word until something comes out to you. What do you observe? Write it down. Then how do you apply it to your life in that moment? Amen. And then pray it over your life. Verse 21, when Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. Jairus was a synagogue leader, and yet he didn't just stay in the synagogue. Amen? Come on, it says he came to Jesus. We need to remember that Jesus is everywhere. Amen? That he's omnipresent. It doesn't, we don't just meet him here on a Sunday morning. We can be with him everywhere we go. Amen? Come on, if we're going to be the people that God's calling us to be, then the first thing that I believe that the Lord wants to write on our hearts this morning is this. Number one, we have to seek his presence every day. Amen? We need to seek his presence every single day. What do I mean by that? I mean, we make space and time to hear his voice. We make time to read his word. We fellowship with other believers and we don't stay isolated on our own. We get connected, we serve, we worship, we pursue his presence, we pursue his voice in our lives and we make time to hear his voice. Um, just recently, we just finished a 21 day fast as a church and I had some guys in my men's group that just said, dude, Pastor Justin, how do we go deeper, man? Take us through. I had a couple of dudes that were struggling in their marriage. And I just said, man, get up with me 5 a.m. in the morning and we'll spend time with Jesus. Not just text me and say, hey, good morning, guys. Praise God, blessings, happy emoji or whatever. Like, dude, I want you to like spend time with the Lord. Take a picture of you in your Bible, your notepad, and I want you to write in it. And then I want you to share. We're gonna share with our whole group, right? And so... It was amazing just those guys. I mean, two of the dudes were like, literally came to me before the fast and said, Pastor Justin, dude, I think we're done, man. I don't think I can just, I continue my marriage. And I'm like, dude, give me a week. Give me 14 days. Give me 21 days. Give me a month. And literally within a week, dude, these guys' hearts were totally changed, right? We do marriage counseling all the time. And I have couples that come in and they're like, man, they spend 10, 15 years tearing up their marriage. And then they have one counseling session and they're like, dude, Pastor Joseph, I don't know, nothing's changing. She's not changing, man. We did an hour counseling session, nothing's changing, or he's not changing, right? 
And I'm like, dude, you spent 15 years tearing up your marriage and you expect in one hour it's gonna be fixed. You're crazy. No wonder, right? You know, and we have this conversation. And so I sat with these guys, two of these guys were like, man, my wife's the one that needs to change, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, God, help me, help me not to get stuck by lightning by these dudes, you know? Um, and within a week, man, their hearts had totally changed. Dude, I was the one that was a problem. My heart was the one that was a problem. I'm not leading my home. I'm not being faithful to my wife. I've got compromises that I justify all throughout my life. Man, within a week, their hearts changed. Why? Because they tried harder? No, because they made space to hear his voice. Amen? You and I need to seek his presence every single day. Watered down, fluffy Western Christianity as we come to church on Sunday to feel better about ourselves and warm and fuzzy. And yet when the storms of life happen, what happens? We all fall apart. And we don't stand unwavering in our faith. But when you spend time with Jesus on a daily basis, you can't help but live in a response to that, amen? You're not, you're not believing the lies of the enemy that your situation is hopeless or that God's abandoned you because you're like, dude, I gazed into his face this morning and I opened up his word. God, I was feeling all sorry for myself and I opened up his word and said, man, I'm an adopted son of the king that I, he has a plan and a purpose for my life, a plan to prosper, not to harm me, a plan to give me a future and a hope so that I would seek him with all of my heart. And when I was found by him, that he would answer the prayers of my heart. I know that. So Satan, whatever you want to throw at me, I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. Amen. Come on. We have to seek the Lord every single day of our lives. And we have to make time to be able to hear his voice. Psalm 16, five through 11, the psalmist knew it. He said, Lord, you alone are my portion in my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance in you. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, because of that, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen? Come on, you and I need to seek his presence every single day, amen? Because in his presence, his fullness of joy, his freedom, his peace, his hope. Let's keep reading, verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. The next thing that I believe the Lord wants to write in our hearts this morning is this. Number two, we need to humbly fall at his feet. It's simple, amen? What do I mean by that? I don't mean we just necessarily need to fall at his feet, but we need to humbly come and acknowledge that we need a savior, amen? That we can't do it in our own strength. How many of you guys, if you're honest, have tried to do it in your own strength, right? Man, we all gotta pray and get saved today, amen? Come on. Yeah, how well has it worked, LP? Not well, amen? Come on. You and I can't do it in our own strength. We have to acknowledge our need for a savior. We have to humbly come before him and acknowledge that we need him. Paul tells us in Romans 12, he says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your true and proper act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. Amen? How do I know what God wants me to do? I need to offer up my body to him as a living sacrifice. I need to make time to hear his face, to hear his voice, right? To seek his face in my life. I need to humbly acknowledge that God, I can't do it in my own strength. I need a savior, amen? Like I said before, Christianity isn't about bad people becoming good. It's about dead people becoming alive. And it's not about what I have to do, but it's what he has already done. And then it's for me to live in a response to who he is and what he's done for me in my life, amen? It's not that I have to worship. It's not that I have to come to church. It's not that I have to tithe and I have to give and I have to be compassionate to people. It's that I get to, right? I'm overwhelmed by who he is and what he's done for me, right? I grew up in this valley, I had a lot of fun in this valley. I made a lot of mistakes in this valley. And it almost ended with me putting a bullet in my head because I didn't want to mess up anymore. But God pulled me up. 
He redeemed me. He restored my life. He gave me an amazing wife and family, right? He's used me to do some amazing things. I've gotten to, to see him move throughout my life. But again, I never forget where I was, where I was at, amen? I never forget that, man, when I meet people on a daily basis, that every single one of us are on a different point in the journey. I never forget that, man, it wasn't my own strength that lifted me out of the mud. It was his grace alone. All I did was say yes. That's how even with our church, when God put it on a heart to plant the bridge, all we said was yes. Let me tell you, I don't have a Bible degree, amen? I have a business degree. I have a psychology and a communication degree, right? I don't know how to run church. I just love Jesus and I love people. And he said, go. And I said, yes. Katie said, yes. And we continued to just trust God in the midst of that. And all of a sudden, a year later, the pandemic happened, right? The pandemic, right? All of that happened. Come on, right? Let's be honest. Ruffling feathers, good, right? You blame me, Right? And again, we sat, but we had gone through a 21-day fast. And so we were meeting at the high school in the Pomo, and they said, hey, Friday night, you can't meet on Sunday. We started with 30 people about a year before. All of a sudden, we were about 120, 130. We were like, God, we have nowhere we're going to go, but you have a plan. And you said you're going to get us to the other side of the lake so we don't die in the middle, no matter how big the storm is. You're going to make a way. And I reached out to Sam as one of our elders. He's like, hey, dude, come meet with us, Right? So we ended up coming, we ended up standing in the midst of the pandemic. God gave us another church to be able to take over in Santa Maria. They had a concrete box for a building, right? The pastor was almost 80 years old and said, hey, can you take this over? We ended up taking it over. Literally a year and a half later, we outgrew that building and got into another building and started a building project on that, right? Now, we didn't shut down at all. And you know why? Because God opened the doors. And we, I mean, I have people in my life that are saying, dude, you're killing people. What are you doing? Man, we were, we were talking all the time of like, man, I don't get it. How do we preach a message on God heals people and yet we say, hey, if you're sick, stay home. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. How do we preach a message of Peter saying, hey, the, the Romans are telling him, hey, don't preach this good news anymore. And he says, dude, forget that. I'm gonna continue to preach the good news of Jesus. How do we do that and not keep the doors open? We're not gonna do it, right? And so we continued to stand. The city came again. We had almost, I think, almost probably almost $290,000 fine for meeting. And thank God, Andy Caldwell's in our body. And so he just said, hey, he reached out to Pacific Justice. They came and said, hey, the entire firepower, Pacific Justice, is at your back if you get fined. Nothing ever came of it. Why? Because we continued to be faithful what was in front of us, amen? You guys continued to stand. And what happened? Your church grew. Your impact, your influence in this valley grew. The goalposts never change for us as believers. We're still called to go forth and make disciples, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, amen? You and I were still called to go out. We still fed the homeless. We still helped. How many know the elderly were extremely affected in that? We still went to the elderly. We still brought groceries and medicine. We still brought kids off the streets out of gangs. We still continued to proclaim the good news of Jesus. Why? Because if the church has no hope, then no one else does either, amen? We have a God who is the answer and he's faithful, amen? Come on, let every, Sam says it, let everything we say and do bring glory to God and good to this valley, amen? It's not just about what comes out of your mouth that proves whether you love Jesus or not, amen? It's how the way, it's the way that you live your life. And there's a massive difference between knowing about him and actually knowing him. You guys have amazing leaders who not just know about Jesus. Sam's probably one of the most knowledgeable, biblical, young scholars I know in my life. He's amazingly gifted, amazingly knowledgeable in the word. But he doesn't just know about God, he actually knows him, amen? So when stones were being thrown at him because he was continuing to stand, he had conviction to continue to stand and preach the gospel. Why? Because he knows God. The Lord is asking you and I to do the same, amen? We have to stand unwavering in our faith and there's a difference between knowing about him and knowing him. How do we know him? We seek his presence every day. Number two, we need to humbly fall at his feet, amen? Amen, that's good. Verse 22, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. 
The next thing that I see in this passage that I believe the Lord wants to write in our hearts is this. Number three, if we're gonna be the people that God's called us to be, then we need to pray earnestly and be devoted to prayer. What do I mean by that? It means you and I need to pray, amen? We need to pray. We need to stop fighting battles in our own strength and we need to pray and trust God to be our defender, amen? Come on, we need to contend for him to move and not pray, we are saying in the beginning, not pray for God, go to God as the last resort, but we need to go to him as the first resort. God, give me strategy on how to fight this battle. God, give me strategy on how to be faithful to what you're calling me to do. God, and I'm gonna continue to contend and pray until you move, amen? Man, a revival's popping up all over the nation right now. Right, college campuses, churches everywhere. Here in this valley, revival is happening. You might not hear about it, but you might be walking in it too, amen? Come on, we have to believe, we have to stand in faith and say, God, if we want revival to come, if we want God, save my loved one who's walked away from you. God, heal this person in my life that I've been contending for, God. We have to continue to pray and contend until God does it, amen? Because he's faithful. He's always faithful. I remember we had a, a, a lady in our church recently, just this last year, her name was Izzy. She ended up getting diagnosed with cancer and man, rocked our church big time. This, this girl was just sunshine all the time, right? She's a mom of what, five, four? Like in our, in our body, man, uh, two older kids, two younger kids, amazing mom, faithful. Like why would this happen to her? We don't know. But that's not our place to know, right? She continued to worship God and praise God in the midst of all of it until she went to see with him, be with him, right? We prayed, we contended, we prayed over her life. And still, I remember we went in and they were like, man, she's not eating. She's not able to, to sit up. I think Jill got to go in and worship with her towards the end as well. And we went in and we worshiped. And by the end of worshiping, here she was sitting up with her arms raised, just crying out to the Lord. And I'm like, God, I pray I can be that person. Because we can raise a hallelujah when everything's going awesome, right? But man, in the midst of the storm, that's what it means something. Again, you might be going through a storm in your life. My encouragement for you is keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, amen? Because he'll use you in the midst of that. Paul says in Philippians 4, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You wanna see God do miracles in your life and in this valley? Become people who are devoted to prayer right? Not just on Sunday mornings. Pray, pray over our campus. Amen. Pray over our schools, over our children. How many of you know we need the next generation? So many people put down millennials and Gen X and Gen Z in the next generation. They're our leaders of tomorrow. Amen. Come on, start praying for them. They might, yeah, it, at times, I'll be honest, I'm do, I do business consulting as well. And every guy that I'm going into in an organization is like, dude, how do I fix the Gen Z problem? How do I teach these guys how to have work ethic and be reliable and not get overwhelmed and they need to have their coffee break, right? How do I help these guys? And I'm like, dude, you gotta understand you have to have empathy for them, right? I'm not telling you like lower the stand, standard or move the goalpost, but I'm saying have empathy. They were raised in a generation where, hey man, I feel worthless. I'm dealing with self-esteem issues. I don't know who I am. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna post a selfie or I'm gonna post something else so I can somehow see if I'm liked by people right? So I can feel worthy about myself instantaneously. Back in the days, we had to like wait for a movie to actually come out, right? Their generations, like, dude, download it now, right? It's a microwave. They want everything now. They don't know how to deal with stress or walk through that. So mentor them. Teach them how to do that. Sit down with them and say, hey, don't give up, man. So many young people are quitting from their jobs after three months. Why? Man, I'm just not making a difference. Dude, you've been there for three months. Dude, I just can't buy a house yet. Dude, it my parents bought a home. Dude, it took them 30 years to buy a home. Don't go buy a home on a credit card, right? Continue to be persistent and faithful to what's in front of you, amen? 
Have faith. Let God move in your life. Be people that are devoted to prayer. Second Chronicles 7, 14, 15 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, we always stop there, but verse 15 is incredible. It says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. That's a promise, amen? That's a promise for us as a church. You wanna see God move in your life and in this valley? Be people devoted to prayer, amen? Pray, contend. You wanna see God change your kid's life? Pray. I've met so many dudes in prison that come out. I'm like, man, so how did you get saved? My grandma prayed for me every day, you know? My mom prayed for me every day. Pray, be people devoted to prayer, amen? If we're gonna be people that God's called us to be, we need to seek his presence every day. We need to humbly fall at his feet. We need to pray earnestly and be devoted to prayer. And last, we need to believe and stand in faith. In verse 23, it says that Jairus, he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Jairus didn't just plead with him, but he believed, amen? And he not only believed that he would heal him, but it says that put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. How many of you know there's a difference between being healed and actually living, amen? Come on. Some of us could have been healed in our hearts, in our bodies, emotionally, spiritually, but we're still dead. We're still stagnant in our faith. We're still struggling in our own old way of life, in our old sin. Let me help you today. Sin is sin, amen? Little compromise is the door to opening greater sin in your life. How do you hear God's voice more clearly? How do you walk and be the person that God's called you to be? Pursue Jesus, live holy, right? You will always justify the way that you're living. Man, if you didn't hear Sam's message last week, that was gnarly, right? It was truth. Don't fool yourself. Part holy is not holy, amen? You're either for him or you're against him. There never was a gray area in walking with Jesus. You either love him or you don't, amen? And the beauty of the gospel is it's not condemnation. He just says, turn. God, I acknowledge that I need you today. God, I acknowledge that I can't do it in my own strength. God, I acknowledge, God, I've been trying to do this for years in my own strength and I can't ever get over this addiction, God. I can't over, get over, God, this lust. I can't get over, God, this, the bottle. God, I can't get over whatever your vice is. Run after him, amen? Lay it at the foot of the cross. God, I'm not gonna try anymore. I just surrender. Show me who you are. God, remind me who you are and what you've done for me. Jesus never died so that you and I could live bound in guilt and shame and condemnation, amen? He died on the cross and rose from the grave so that you and I could be free, amen? Man, I'm stoked. Again, we're never gonna see Jesus, we're never gonna be perfect till we see Jesus face to face. But let me tell you, for years of my life, I lived in one foot in the world and one foot in, in the Lord. Right? I lived with compromise and sin in my life and I always wondered, God, when are my skeletons gonna come out of the closet? And so what I ended up doing is I felt like somehow I had to balance the scales. God, I had to be so busy doing things for you so that I could feel better about the sin that was in my life. Let me tell you today, there's freedom knowing God, I'm not scared of anything that's in my closet. I'm not perfect by any means. Ask my wife, right? And my, my girls. My girls are super honest, right? They'll tell you. I still have my struggles. I still have temptations. But I can tell you, honestly, before the Lord, I'm not worried about compromise or sin. I always share this with my buddies. Man, for me growing up, it was always alcohol, girls, gambling, and food. Food is still hard. Amen? Come on. And so all my buddies that were going bachelor parties in Vegas, I never went to Vegas. You wanna know why? Vegas like walking in the lion's den for me, right? There's girls, there's food, tons of food, there's gambling, there's that alcohol, right? So I just always said, no, I couldn't, right? Maybe you've gone to Vegas and I'm sure it's awesome. And I have people that are like, Justin, dude, you're a pastor. You love Jesus, you love your wife. You've been married almost 20 years, man, you're good. I'm like, that might be true, but I'm still not gonna walk into the lion's den, right? 
Some of you guys in here need to stop walking in the lion's den in your life. God, why do I still struggle with this? God, why do I still go down this road? Just stop walking in the lion's den, amen? Run after Jesus with everything, amen? John 10, 10 says a thief doesn't come, to, it doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and they might have life more abundantly. If there's anything that you remember today, it's this. Jesus came so that you and I would live, amen? Wherever you're at in your life right now, Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, Justin, I've been up here. I'm, I've been coming to this church. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I'm trying to hold my marriage together. I'm trying to hold my kids together. I'm trying to hold my business together. But I just, I feel lost. I feel broken. I feel like I just can't do it anymore. I can't carry that weight. I wanna encourage you, today's your day, amen? Today's your day to say, Jesus, I'm just here. The beauty of this passage is, again, there's another passage right after where a centurion came and he said, Jesus, if you just say the words, I know that my daughter will be healed. That dude had way more faith than Jairus did, and yet Jesus still healed his daughter. He meets every single one of us where we're at. And he knows where every single one of you are at today. He knows every fault. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your future. I was always telling people, man, stop stressing about it on when the last day of your life is. Remember with COVID, everybody was worried, right? And I was like, man, do you know Jesus? That's question number one. Yeah, cool. Well, then you know where you're going, amen? Yeah, you know that this life is not the end. Yeah, then what are you afraid about? Well, I'm afraid of dying. Well, dude, do you believe that he's sovereign, that he's all-knowing? Then he knows the final breath and the final hour that you're gonna take. Stop stressing out of when that's gonna be. Just live, amen? Live. Life is too short to be offended and bummed out at people in your life, amen? Life is too short to, to be living out of guilt and shame and condemnation of insecurities of your past, amen? Lay it at the foot of the cross. Live free, and be reminded of who he is and what he's done. And smile, amen? It's huge, you'd be surprised. So many people walk into church, I always tell our church, man, we believe Jesus is the answer. We believe he loves us more than we comprehend. We believe that he's faithful. And yet people walk in and everybody has upside down smiles on, right? Be stoked that you and I have air in our lungs. Live, love. And stand in faith knowing that someday he's coming back again. This life is not the end. So no matter what, other, what storm I might be facing in my life, there's always a greater miracle on the other side. Amen? God, I'm not going to be a person who lived based upon how I feel or what I see. I'm going to be a person who lived based upon what I know is true, which is your word that never changes. Amen? God, no matter how many times I fall, you are always faithful. And you didn't just save me, but it says that he adopted me as a son and daughter of Christ, amen? Come on, let's stand in that today. Let's know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, amen? Let's shine when we leave this place. Wherever you go to lunch afterwards, shine. Take him, I always tell our people, take a moment when you're at the gas station, buy somebody's gas. How many know that's a blessing nowadays, amen? Come on, buy somebody's gas. Start coming to church prayed up and filled up so you're not coming saying, God, what are you gonna do for me today? But saying, God, what can I bring to you? God, who do you want me to pray for and encourage? Hebrews 10 says, don't forsake gathering together as many have made a habit of doing, but instead spur one another on towards love and good deeds, especially as the day of Christ approaches. Spur one another on, amen? Revival's not gonna happen here. Revival's gonna happen out there on your campus, in your workplace, when you're carrying the light of Jesus everywhere that you go. In whatever industry you're in, take a moment. Hey, can I pray for you? Well, I don't know how to pray for people. Start spending time in his word. God, I thank you for this person. God, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, a plan to prosper and not to harm and plan to give them future and hope. That's Jeremiah, right? John 3, 16, God, I thank you that you love them, God, that you came for them, right? Speak life over them and watch, God will use you, I promise, amen? 
Come on, let's all stand. Like I said in the beginning, it's not by chance that you're here, but it's by God's divine purpose. You are God's plan A in this valley, in this season. And I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be here, to be a part of what you guys are doing. I'm stoked to see what God's already done, but I wanna tell you there's more, amen? There's more. And it's gonna happen when you guys rise up and be the people that God's called us to be. Every single one of you have a role to play in the story. That might be greeting. That might be helping with hospitality. That might be sowing into the next generation. That might be just being faithful to pray for your leaders and your pastor, amen? Come on, that might be serving on the worship team. That might just be loving people as they're coming. That might be in the grocery store just saying, hey, at Albertsons or El Rancho, I just wanna bless people, amen? Just hug people. I loved hug, hugging people in the pandemic. I loved it, man. You would see this fear come over their face. And I remember one of the most amazing testimonies, I'll end with this. Um, we had a lady come into our church and we're, we always start like five minutes late because I'm always hugging people and talking to people. And um, this lady in the back, she was sitting there, her name was Wendy. And I came in and I was like, man, I've never met you before. Can I just say, I'm so glad that you're here and gave her a hug. And she just broke down and I said, we're gonna be late. Can I pray with you? And so I laid hands on her, prayed for her, and I said, what, what can I pray for you about? And she just said, they just called and said, my husband, he's down in LA. He's on a ventilator. And they said, I, we need to come down and say goodbye because he's not gonna make it. And I said, well, that might be true in their mind, but we know a God who brings people to life, amen? So I know I've never met you before, but I'm gonna stand in faith with you today. So poor couple next to him, I was like, hey, come here guys, we're gonna lay hands on them. You know, <laughs> okay, you know, and so um, we laid hands on her, we prayed and we believed. And a month later, this dude comes walking in with Wendy named Richard. Older guy comes in the back and he says, hey, thank you. I said, for what? He said, I was dead, but I'm here today because you guys prayed. The world is waiting for you to be the people that God's called you to be. And every single person in here has a role to play in his story. How are we gonna be the people that God's called us to be? We need to seek him every single day, amen? We need to humbly fall at his feet and say, God, I can't do it in my own strength. We need to pray fervently and we need to believe that he is who he says he is, amen? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence, God, in this place right now. God, and I thank you for every single person in this place. God, I thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name, God, we break every spirit of guilt or shame or condemnation, God, over the lives of these people. God, we speak freedom by your blood, God by the blood that you shed for us on the cross, Jesus. And so God, I thank you, God, that you are victorious, God. I thank you that you are sovereign, God. I thank you that you are mighty, God. I thank you that you are faithful, God. I thank you that you are alive. And so I ask, God, fill us with your spirit, God. Draw us near to yourself, God. Use us to be your hands and feet everywhere we go, God. And may all that we say and all that we do bring glory to you and good to this valley. God, we say we love you today. God, we praise you for all that you are. And all God's people said, amen.